0: Welcome to my podcast, today's dream, tomorrow's reality. My name is Vicki Poole. I'm a master transformational coach specializing in habit change. And this podcast is sponsored by the Enlightened Peach and is all about embracing our mosaic life. And some of you may ask, what is a mosaic life? And it's recognizing that all the pieces of our life, the good, the bad, the indifferent have all come together to make us who we are. Change any one thing, and we are different. With that in mind, I invite you to embrace your perceived imperfections and celebrate who you are. This podcast is unedited and raw, just like life, and we'll have a little bit to talk about that in a moment. I am your host. And today I have a special guest with me, and I'll let her introduce herself in just a moment. But if you have any ahas, questions, or appreciations about this podcast, please leave a comment or a voice message. And remember to like, subscribe, share, whatever you can do to help get this podcast out and into the world a little bit more. So now let's get started. All right. So, this lovely lady has Marigold has been on my podcast previously and yes. I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about her and then I'll tell you what I was talking about with unedited and raw in just a moment, but <laughs> go
1: ahead. All right. So, yeah, my name is Marigold Era. Uh, I'm an Ayurvedic uh, wellness coach and I'm an unschooling mother as well. Uh, I've been unschooling my kids for the past 12 years. And so it's a, it's a quite another lifestyle that the one that I experienced as a kid, Um, always super interested in like um, wellness, um, spirituality, you know, getting better, transgressing our old patterns and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, when I alluded to just a moment about our unedited and raw, I started <laughs> our our recording and then all of a sudden I thought, wait a minute, my AI has been recording for a little bit and we have a whole bunch of stuff in here. Let's just stop and start over. So I may not edit, but I do have the intelligence enough to say, wait a minute, let's start again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's Perfect. <laughs>
0: All right. So that's just where we are. But when one of the things that I was fascinating when I talked to you before was all this unschooling was just mind blowing. And the funny thing is, you know how the universe, God just kind of starts showing you things that are suddenly in your Intelligence radar, right? Yes. I had never heard the term before. I talked to you. And then suddenly <laughs> I had people that were in different areas and on Facebook. And I even had someone that I talked to at a store. And it was like <laughs> they said something about it. And I thought, what the heck? I never knew this existed until Marigold. And now all of a sudden it's <laughs> everywhere. It's kind of like that. You want this new car and it's red and you've never even seen this car before. And then suddenly they're everywhere. You just so see
1: it all over the that's place. That's right. So there they are.
0: But um, so for those of people who have not watched the first one and yes. may not be familiar what unschooling is, can you just share just a moment, just a little bit about what unschooling is?
1: Yeah, so unschooling is basically raising your kids without any curriculum. So and without school, of course, it's unschooling. So, <laughs> so we're not doing the school thing, but uh it's not like homeschooling. And homeschooling, you're following a curriculum that is like um most of the time um the one that is that they do in school. Right. So the unschooling is like another a little bit more radical way of raising our kids, which is, uh, it's child led. So the the children's are uh, their own person. And so they can experience life uh, through their own uh, point of view, right. And so we are there to support and facilitate their learning as parents. And yeah, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it, I think
0: yeah well you know the the fascinating thing about that well there's lots of them but um when you were first telling me about it the thing that i thought was amazing was you know we As we grow up and we get into the public schools and we get into all these different children that are raised by these different people, some are just kind of, you know, maybe not such good people. Mm. And we develop these filters of our life of how we see things from all of this, not from our own personal experience of who we are, but all the things that have come crashing onto us. Yeah. And so I was fascinated with that. And I think you told me a few stories about things with your with your kids that I thought, oh, my gosh, that's <laughs> amazing. But I will say that, you know, when people talk about these things and it being radical and it being something that not a lot of people are familiar with it's like they start saying things and I know I've heard it when I was hearing some of these other people talking about it is, well, what happens when they want to go to college? What happens (laughs) when they want to do this? And will somebody say, well, you never went to school? What will people say? Mm
1: -hmm. But,
0: and I'll let you answer that in a second. But I, for me, all of a sudden, when people were saying those things, I thought, well, maybe she's raising people that are not going to work for other people. Maybe she's raising entrepreneurs that have this, um, this intelligence that allows them to, um, find something that their heart desires and really flourish with that. Um, and so it's, it's amazing to think about that and I'll I'll tell you a second, in a few minutes, what this book is, because suddenly the name of it just (laughs) went right out of my head that I love, but go ahead and you tell what would your answer be to that kind of thing? Yeah.
1: You know, like the first thing for me as parent and whether you're an unschooling parent or someone that goes in the system or your homeschooling, whatever the way you're doing your, your parenting, you know, you're going to have those worries that are coming up. It's like, it's for everyone. Like no one is like, sheltered from that you know we all go through that and those are our own triggers so whether whether you're worried about them being bullied or if they're going to go to college or if they're going to have the right education or if they're gonna like I don't know whatever the worry might be like it's our job as parents to be the guardian of that and not to push that on our kids so that's the first thing <laughs> that I want to mm-hmm. say about that, because, yeah. So and the second thing, um, I relate a lot with what you, you're you're saying, because um, for me and from what I've observed into like what the society is looking like right now, I feel like the next generation, they don't want to really work for somebody else. You know, they want to have like their free time. They want to be like the master of their life. And so I I see that in my own kids as well. And so if they were um, someone that is feeling better working for somebody, like we would facilitate that, you know, Mm -hmm. and but since they're not like my oldest daughter already like started like three businesses, (laughs) she's 12, Um, you know, like. And it's just it's experiment, you know, like she's not rich with those businesses. It's just like, you know, like playing around money Mm -hmm. and how to make it and how to show up in the world and how what is very important for me and how can I show up with that, you know? And so. So, yeah, so I think they will be more of like independent worker, entrepreneur. I don't know, like with the Internet right now, like. I mean, there's so, so, so many openings, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's- And we it's really more, don't
0: know where yeah. this technology thing or what in yes. the next five years is yes. going to be, you know, people's ability to do things. And before I forget, I did remember yeah. the name of the book. It's called yes. Creating Innovators. Yes. Um. And have you read that book? Yes, I did. Yes, yes. So, um, of course- it's not talking so much about unschooling, but about helping children to develop their own abilities and their joy of learning and, you know, moving forward, which is what you're doing as an yeah. unschooler, right?
1: Yes, that's what we do. And for me, like, I'm not so much an, as an advocate for this lifestyle. I mean, like it's just a personal choice that felt more aligned with us and with the way we're living. So for us, for my for me and my family, it's important to just like, um, live according to our, our rhythm, our natural rhythm. And so my kids, like most of the time, they will go to bed like at one in the morning, and they will wake up at 10. And so being in the school system, and that's their regular, like sleep schedule, or like their eating schedule is different, like one of them will nev- like she will never breakfast. Like and when she wakes up, she will breakfast like way later in the day, you know, so they're all different. And I want to honor that, you know, so I want to nurture who they are at the core, you know? Yeah, that's super important. Because one of
0: the things I talk about a lot with uh, my clients and everything is that because, you know, most people, um, as they get older, have these different uh, issues with food, um, yeah. They don't use. They don't know what their natural body rhythms are. They don't know the the actual hunger and fullness signals because they've been hijacked with all the the different schedules and regimens yes. and some of the foods that we've eaten. And then we did talk a little bit about that before about yeah. how you help your children to do that. And so. It's, um, it's amazing. Um, and I think your children are so exceptionally gifted with the <laughs> fact that you are their mother. <laughs> Thank you. Um, not to say that the other people are not doing a good thing because they're not doing that, but it's like taking it to another level of helping people to understand their body. And yeah. just, to, for instance, like with a lot of my clients, I have to take them off certain foods that they cannot eat for a while because they can't listen to a body that's speaking a different language. And when it's yes. hijacked with certain types of foods, then your body's not speaking English or whatever your language is. It's speaking mm-hmm. Swahili or it's speaking <laughs> something that you've never heard. before. And so it's really yeah. hard to um, to have a good um, way of eating. And I don't like saying diet because diets are not what anybody yeah. needs. Um, that's like a four letter word, right? You know, <laughs> you just don't want any part of that. Um, but it's really cool to hear of someone that is helping their children, you know, um, develop from a very young age, knowing what their body needs and what it wants and allowing that to take place. Yes. Um, you know, cause I can say for me, when my children were young, I was in that mindset of you eat at this time, you eat here, you yeah. do this, you know? Um, and when I got to where I was exploring more about eating and how it affects us, Then I started realizing that when children are born, they know when they're hungry and when they're not. Yeah. And so when we say it's time to eat, sit here, and then they pick at their food and then we say, well, you know, you either eat now or you don't get to eat kind of thing. (laughs) And I know- uh, it's a it's a big thing right yes uh, and so kids learn to well I can't listen to my body right now because mom yeah. says if I don't eat right now she's not going to listen to me when I say I'm hungry yes. so um maybe you share a little bit more about how you decided that that was the way you wanted to teach your children and how that's kind of affected yeah. them because that's fascinating to me I wish yes. I had had that I wouldn't be in the position I am with <laughs> the yo-yo dieting for the last I don't even want to say how many years
1: <laughs> yeah I've seen my mother go through that and um I've seen how unhappy she was doing that like eating those celeries like all day you know yeah. like hoping oh, to just lose a pound or two you know and and so for me like as I said in the beginning I'm all about like breaking cycles all the time like I want to break those cycles I want to just like show up at something as something new and so when I became a parent like it was from the start I knew that I was gonna just listen to her you know and so I didn't start like uh, the usual like usually like we start with the cereals you know like with the baby and like you're forcing them a little bit they're not like super comfortable and so what I did in the beginning I was just like um putting some vegetable or fruit on her table and it was just more of a game you know just to get to learn what this is you know how the texture of it the taste of it you know and just to explore and then like she put it in her mouth and then oh it tastes good all right let's go you know so I wasn't so was this like... like
0: how old was she was it
1: pureed food what was it I mean oh, I didn't a... I didn't do any puree like it, it okay. wasn't I, I didn't like it was too much work for me and it didn't make sense mm-hmm. so I was uh it was the beginning like she was um around like like she would suck on a carrot yes yes <laughs> okay. or a banana or like some blueberries okay. or uh you know like uh, a melon or you know okay. just like okay. to understand what's the texture and then just like to understand the difference between like breastfeeding and chewing and just like um you know like showing her how to chew you know mm-hmm. like just like so by- you were
0: saying she was four months I, I yeah around like okay
1: five months four or five months when she started to do that like she wasn't like fully eating but then like the more we introduced new stuff the more she was like getting used to chewing and then she just like got a hold of it you know and so so yeah so that's how it started and uh, I have a stepdaughter and she was like I didn't raise her from the start right she was my stepdaughter so Um, when we got in touch more personally like one-to-one together she was like around three and she had like troubles a lot of troubles eating and so she like she it felt like she was disgusted with everything except like hot dogs or you know like uh craft dinner or like Mickey D's or that that kind of junk food was like she was used to it and so when mm-hmm. we're putting new stuff it was like gross it was taste buds yes and <laughs> she was like she she actually threw up because the all of that was so foreign for her like it was like or wow. she would just stop eating for a week like she would just like butthead like <laughs> I'm not gonna eat what you're serving me and I'm not gonna eat at all and I was like shit you know like it was like (laughs) I was worried all the time with her so it wasn't like the same experience I had with my daughter and so I guess that's you know when you got something like that happening to you for you (laughs) you know it was just like all right so with my daughter like she can eat pretty much any vegetable anything really like she was just like used to uh, experimenting, like using her, 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 her fingers and like putting it like all over her body if she wanted to, you know, she was a, allowed to just experiment with the food. But my stepdaughter wasn't, right? So she was like um, fed with the spoon and she didn't like it. And she was like spitting it out. And like, she she didn't have a really good relationship with food. And so we mm-hmm. had to build that. And I feel like this brought more awareness to the way we're doing food because before that it was just natural right it was just Mm -hmm. like the way it was but then she had some difficulties and so we had to do something different and to bring that awareness like I did with my baby and then I did that with her when she was she was actually older she was like around eight or nine after like because she wasn't always with me. Right. She right. was like, she was more, and with she could unlearn mother. whatever you taught her when she went back. Exactly. Yes. yes. And so, um, we got to a point where she was like a lot of the time with us. And so I just sat with her and I was like, touch your food, try it, put your finger into it. You're disgusted. Just go wash your hand before. Let's just try it. You know, like see what, what you're feeling and just like, understand that this is just a sensation. right like it's not gonna bite you you're not gonna die like nothing bad's gonna happen it's just the texture and so she would just like try you know to just like put her hand into her food and understand like and see the colors and and smell and just like bring other senses into like the mix and so the more we did that with her like we got to a point where she was like able to put them into her mouth and then just like chew because she wasn't chewing most of the time. She was just mm. like, you know, putting her tongue on on the top of her mouth. She's just like sliding oh, it in squash <laughs> <you know? laughs> and just like <laughs> swallowing the thing. So when we were giving her vegetable that are like harder, like she wouldn't be able to just like squash it with her tongue. And I was like, well, you got teeth. You know, (laughs) what do you think those are made for? Not just to have you uh, smile beautifully, you know? (laughs) And so she was like, all right, so let's touch. Like, this is sharp. All right. So we can maybe like try to chew the food and then like make this thing that is easier to swallow. And so it was like a whole like learning curve for her, like that she did a little later in life. And now she's at this point where she, she's going to cook stuff for herself. She's got like skills now she's got, she's doing her own like spaghetti sauce and, you know, she's going to bring some vegetable into it. And, you know, like yesterday she was doing a, a hot cacao, like, and she did it by herself, you know, like it's, it's, she would have never done that. Mm-hmm. Never, never, never. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So You know, that, that's, that's fascinating because one of the things that um we as Americans typically do not chew our food long enough. And, you know, and the actual beginning of digestion starts in the mouth before you eat. Um, But the thing that I'm beginning to learn too, and you may have experienced this too, and not only that, it starts before when you're fixing it, when you're cooking it. Um, And so one of the things that I've always well I can't say always I have done uh, in the past is you know I'm rushing through the cooking process yes you know yes yes, yes. um and because you've got you know you want to get finished you want to eat right um yes. and so I'm learning now to put on some music and you know, smell I'm I, I keep envisioning when I when I when I talk about this, I envision some of those movies where there's this master chef and they're putting <laughs> yeah. these up to your nose <laughs> and they're doing all these things. And I'm starting to try to emulate that yes. so that I'm enjoying the process of cooking it, even yes. if it's something small and simple, and yes. then I'm actually getting my, all my senses, like you were talking about the feeling of food and everything. And it's learning to, to smell the things. And then when I'm eating, and this is one of the things I really work with my clients on is because most people, not only do they eat fast, but they chew, they don't even chew as much as they need to. And then they're just wolfing it down because they're trying to get from here to the end of the meal, instead of enjoying the process, tasting the 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 nuances. So I have a client yeah. that, with her, I tell her, you know, about all the process of the getting ready to eat, and then mm-hmm. she's supposed to close her eyes. And as she's chewing this one thing, not mixing everything up, but chewing this one thing to see if she can figure out what are the spices in it, you know, what stands out the most and make it more of a game and a pleasurable thing. I told her, I said, if there's somebody sitting at a table near you. Have them thinking that you're having the best orgasm that you've ever had in your life <laughs> from your eating. Um, and it makes me think of that that episode in Harry when Harry met Sally where she's at the at the restaurant, you know, and yeah. she's pretending <laughs> to have this orgasm. And somebody says, I'll have what she's having. And it just, you know, it's it's just opening food up into a different way than we are typically doing things. And so I yes. love, I love that you are having them not having the orgasm part, but still, you know, it's almost the same thing. They just don't know that.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. A little too young yet. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Don't tell them that part. (laughs)
0: Wait till they're older.
1: (laughs) But yeah, it's so important to, to make cooking a ritual and not a chore. Because when you do that, like eating is a chore as well, that you got to get through it, you know, and it's just like not enjoyable, you know, and it's, it, it just like brings a lot of trauma in your own body without you even knowing, you know, but the digestive system will be shocked, you know, uh-huh. like by you eating like that and then you're gonna have, feel sluggish or you're gonna have like gas or, you know, you're you're gonna yeah. be constipated. Like there's gonna be like some repercussion of like what the way you're eating, it's, it's huge. And Ayurveda, we always say that, you know, how huge it is to enjoy your food, you know Mm -hmm. how huge it is to make a ritual of out of cooking and you know smelling and like prepping our food you know it's it's not like it's not something that we're necessarily used to with our schedule like in in america like if you go to europe like they're going to do that, like naturally, you know, they're all over that, you know, it's Mm -hmm. so different over there. But here, yeah, it's like, it's go, 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 we need to work, like, you know, it's like,
0: and you know, really wonder when that started in in the US, you know, because, you know, people, Mm -hmm. nobody here has didn't come from somewhere else, you know, it's all everybody migrated here, right? We weren't born, well, we could be born here, but our generations back, you know, it all started somewhere. So the Italians that are here, you know, they had that yes. lifestyle, but it kind of gets moved away from. And I wonder yeah. if it's, you know, from people working in the fields and they only had a certain amount of time or, but usually yeah. the women were the ones in there cooking and doing all that stuff. So I'd really be curious to to know when it started being adopted as of maybe it was when people started the um, the age of working in factories that
1: kind of thing. yes because it yes. was
0: more of a regimented you know kind of thing but yes, and um, the women
1: were like involved like when they were like the wars like the women needed to go to work to
0: you yeah, know like yeah. do those so canning. that's maybe when the whole process started changing yeah and the, one of the things that i've learned and with ayurveda you can probably Um, say this as well. So I'll ask you a question to see if I'm correct in this from my learnings, Um, is that if you're not enjoying the process, and you're not chewing your food, and you're not taking the time for your meal, that your body actually is not registering what you're eating. And so therefore, it doesn't utilize all of the nutrients of the food. But not only that, that's one of the reasons why you get hungry really quick, after because it doesn't even your belly may be full but yeah. it still doesn't realize that you've eaten this food and especially if it's not such good food for you but is that yeah. what you find in ayurveda as well
1: yeah i would say that i would say that like it's like the intent of eating is as huge as what we're eating like yeah. we're always in ayurveda my teacher my main teacher was always saying you know you can eat that eat that burger Eat it with love. Like you said, like have an orgasm, like make love to your burger and enjoy it so much, you know, and you will get more benefit than eating a salad like super quickly or like eating it, you know, like, yeah, oh, I hate that yeah. salad, you know, it tastes <laughs> so disgusting. And then the intention you're bringing into like this ritual of eating has like a lot of impact on the digestive system. That's for sure. Yeah. And and
0: how, the um the satiated you are in the process because I oh, will yeah. say before I became a health coach I will say I didn't understand the difference between satiated and satisfied oh, yeah. um you know and so that to me is powerful to yeah. understand the difference do you want
1: to touch on that yeah I can go a little bit on that like to be to be fully and, and to go like around with the kids you know when like I've, I've seen that with my kids they're so cute like they will eat something they really really enjoy and then like they'll they'll finish their bowl and then like my oldest daughter will be like you know it was so good I'm, I'm full at the moment but I would really enjoy just a little bit more and I'm like just go ahead you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. Take take a little bit more you don't have to take like another full ball you know right but if you want like to have like that full satisfaction of like you feel like you need a little bit more and you're kind of full yeah like she can go for that well of course she can go for that but then after that like I will ask her how does it feel in your body you know how do you feel like after that and so sometimes she will be like all right, so it was really, it was too much or like, yeah. this was perfect, you know? Yeah, sometimes so I've so, had that
0: one more bite and it was like, oh, that sent me over the edge.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and in Ayurveda, the, the, there is like a story that we have like a janitor inside of us, right? And so this janitor will work a specific amount of time or like a workflow, right? And so <laughs> if you're giving it too much, it won't clean it. And so mm-hmm. that becomes... Ama in, in Ayurveda, which is toxins that are going to be like in your body somewhere, you know, it's going to go where it needs to go to just like be stored. So, whether it's in fat or, you know, like, and then it's going to be on your hip or on your belly or, or like whatever, you know. And so, so, um, there's like this, this saying in Ayurveda, so you eat and when you burp, when you feel that little burp coming, and there, there will be one. And then you just like stop at the first one, then you're a yogi. And then if you stop at the second one, you're like an Epicurean. So you like a pleasure, you know? And then if you stop at the third one, you're a masochist. (laughs) 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 And so so it's like, it's like teaming up with that little janitor. So when you feel that first burp coming up, you're like, all right, so where am I? You know, (laughs) should Mm -hmm. I eat a little bit more? Like, am I like in a a percurian way of living at this moment or do I do I'm I'm okay being a yogi and like you know like just like being enlightened with my food right now and so it's, it's always a matter of choosing and and working with that that little janitor I really like that story I tell it to my kids all the time and they're very aware of that and sometimes they will say all right, so I'm at my second bird, but it's too good, you know, and then they will feel full after that. And they will be like, all right, you know, I'm full. And then I can like, I don't know, just like assume own it, you know, you can uh-huh. own it, it doesn't matter, you know, it's just a matter of being aware of what's going on. And with that, that, that story, it helps the kids to understand that satisfaction, whether like you're satisfied, or you're, you know, too full or like, you know, so I really like that story. I really, and and the kids are, they're, they're responding to it a lot. So yeah,
0: that's great. That's great. I love that. Um, And you know, for me, it's like, as I've learned and I I know what it feels like when I've done that one extra bite or <laughs> how it feels when I've, Decided I wanted to go ahead and eat something because it's like, if you know why you want to eat it and it's not to fill some kind of emotional void yes. or if it's not from boredom and it's not from all these emotional things, but it's just because that looks delicious and you want to eat it, Yeah, you know, it. you really become a food snob because <laughs> I have felt that way before. And I think, oh my God, this is going to be so good. It's going to be so good. And then I put it in my <laughs> mouth and I go, hmm. I'm quite disappointed, you know, and I have in my past when I really, really, really struggled, I would have ate it anyway.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, but as you get more in tune with things, you think, well, you know, I have amazing taste buds and I want that orgasmic feel from this and I'm not going to get it from this. So yeah, I'll wait and I'll get something else. Um, And the other thing I had to really work hard with, and I think um, for me, um, and I think some people, especially if they have like um, um, food addictions or Mm -hmm. if they may be, you know, have a a propensity for some kind of, you know, thing to do with their body image and food and they have Mm -hmm. all these things that sometimes by saying i'm going to go ahead and eat some more because it's there and i know how good it tastes sometimes that can send, that could send me over the edge not only in being full but send me to the place where i would eat and eat and eat and eat just because it's there so one yeah. of the things i had to start telling myself you know early on when i started seeing all these habits I had mm-hmm. was that even though I know it's really, really good and that I'm going to love the hell out of it. If I take another plateful cause it wouldn't be a bite. It was a plateful <laughs> that I can have this again. It's de- yeah. if, if I say no to this, it doesn't mean I can never have this again. Yes. And you know, um, I'm sure that I developed a lot of these issues with this because, you know, as a kid, it was like, you might not get it again. Mm -hmm. And so you wanted to eat whatever it was that maybe it was taboo or whatever, and you weren't allowed to make those decisions. So, um, with, when thinking of that, when your kids are in the middle of you know, one more bite or, or they see something <laughs> that they remember. It was really, really good. How does that, how are they able to, I guess, tread those waters? Is it ever an issue where they would eat something and overindulge to their detriment, I guess, in a way, did, does that happen? And if it does, you know, how does they, how do they cope with that and learn you know, from that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, um, <clears throat> There was a, a moment in the process of raising our kids <laughs> where we started to give them money um, for them to go to the grocery. When we were going to the grocery, they would go and buy themselves some stuff that we weren't like allowing. It wasn't like that we weren't allowing it, but it was like it wasn't a choice for us. Like I wouldn't right. go to the grocery and buy like popsicles or like, you know, like that kind of candy ish frozen stuff. Kind of stuff yes pop tarts or like uh, <laughs> anything like that frozen like full of sugar like it it just wasn't something that I was having in my house but they're curious they're kids you know that the marketing is well done for those products like I mean the oh, colors yeah. are there like it looks amazing you know and so we started to give them just a few bucks like 15 bucks right so they could just go to the grocery and buy those stuff and and go at it right? Because they they wouldn't, they just didn't experience that in our house. It wasn't like something that we actually bought. Like if we wanted to have something sweet that would cook like a cake or something, you know, but it was always like uh, homemade, you know? And so but you don't want them to be restricted that that's my that's my goal like i i need them to i want them to experience stuff even though they're they're not like aligned with my principle or my values and so instead of like being the one in charge of like saying no all the time because that felt yucky uh we decided to give them some some a little a little bit of money mm-hmm. and so they would go and they would buy those stuff and they would fool themselves up like in one day like the <laughs> whole box of cookies you know (laughs) and then just like being there with them and just like sharing uh how how does it feel how does it feel in your body right now are you was it was it worth it or maybe you could have just ate one and that would have been satisfying for you you know but it's just like that that thing you just said where your kids and you don't know when the next thing is going to come and and it's a it's a human reflex to just like you know fool yourself Mm-hmm. it's like from like ancestral, yeah, life. yeah, from when a long, years long, ago, long time they, ago, they, right?
0: They, they've killed the fatted calf or whatever and they ate they it would, until it was gone exactly. because it wasn't gonna, it wouldn't last, you know. Yes, yeah. we didn't
1: have any fridge, we didn't have mm-hmm. like any like yeah. conservation, uh, <laughs> yes, product yeah. or whatever, you know. So we just like. <laughs> Pull ourselves up, so it's like it's natural in a way, but it's not helping us in right now in our lifestyle where we're not like. Fighting for our food. Right, right. So it's not like we need to evolve a little bit. But I could see that this, um, I don't know, this ancestral habit was still there. And so they went through that. But by experiencing it, they understand by letting them go through that with love and support and without judging them. The result of that is pretty amazing to me because it's all an experiment. I've never done that like this is my first time raising those kids you know and there Mm -hmm. won't be another time and so uh, as we're learning together as we're going you know but like that was so amazing for me to understand that when they're going through an experience in their body they will remember they will remember that moment where the a like i remember my my oldest daughter when she was uh it was her birthday she was seven i think and she asked me <laughs> a cake that I would never allow, you know, it was like, way too much, like I would never buy that. And so it was those pre wrapped little kind of cakey stuff. I don't know. I don't, like I don't think Debbie they, kind of things. Yeah, it's like those, okay. uh those finger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, twinkies. Stuff with, Yes, exactly. Like stuff with cream, that kind of stuff. But it's not exactly like that, but kind of but imagine like a cake made of Twinkies, like just like (laughs) full of them, like fifty of them, and then you just (laughs) cut a slice, you know? And and she was so excited and she started to eat that and then she felt nauseous and she was like this is not good this is not cool and then we we just just threw away the whole thing because it was so disgusting but she needed to go through that and by me not judging her and, and saying yes to her it just like imprinted this experience into her cells and then she's like well I'm never going to do that again. You know, it was not good, but if I want to have like this, this cookie box, I'm not, it's the same thing. I'm not going to eat the whole thing. I'm going to eat two, two, three, maybe. I don't know. Like how how do I feel about it? You know? Yeah. Just like be aware, you know, that those things can be a pleasure, but if you're overdo that, it's not a pleasure anymore. It's a pain. (laughs) Right. And not
0: being judged is huge because I will say um, and I keep referring back to my life because that's yeah. really the only thing I can do. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, there were many times that I binged eat, but then I would hide the evidence, throw yes. it away. I would do things. And then yes. I do know someone in my life um that she used to take candy stuff and hoard it in her room and yeah. secretly eat it, you know, because yeah. she didn't want to be judged. And yeah, so it's, you know especially if you've had struggles with food and then you become one of these people that are hiding things from other mm-hmm. people it's not like they can't tell that you're putting on weight ast- you know astronomically <laughs> and they're thinking well she doesn't eat anything how is that possible you know um but you know it's it's really cool that your kids are getting to experience that they can experiment with that stuff yes. and not be judged. Now, let me just ask you really quickly. So yes, this is very, this is a hypothetical thing. Okay, cool. So how would you have handled it? Now, if her experience with that cake had been that she sat there and just ate and ate and ate, threw up, came back and ate eight, and ate and ate, would there be like something that you would just let her keep going through that process? And I know this is hypothetical, mm. so it's not like, yeah. you know, this is what I do, but, or is it something that you would say, okay, mm. we're going to stop here. And let's kind of maybe have a discussion about what's going on. And, yeah. you know, you know what yes. I'm asking?
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay. So if there would be like something, um, like a really bad habit with food that would be coming up like that mm-hmm. I would I would definitely sit with them and talk because like this is this is painful this is hurting them and so it would never I, I wouldn't just like let them go through it you know like I don't know like like you say it's a, it's, it's a hypothetical right so I don't know exactly <laughs> yeah. the- like my, because I
0: guess what was my, coming my, up to me yeah. is because, you know, I said I've been, you know, on the diet roller coaster and all that stuff my whole life. Yeah. And a lot of times, like if you go back and you look at my pictures of when I was my fattest, and there's yeah. a whole bunch of them, you know, because it goes <laughs> up and down and up and down. I can almost correlate my heaviest times with some, something very stressful that was going on yes. in my life. And so I was, eating my emotions and I didn't really know how to deal with things. So I was just, it was just coming to my mind that, you know, as kids, a lot of times maybe yours don't deal with a lot of this stuff because they've been unschooled. But I know a lot of times in kids, you know, because it starts there, they start trying to figure out how to feel better and they do it with food. And so I was just wondering if something like that could happen with your kids and how you would redirect that emotional part of the eating.
1: Yes. Well, for us in, in our house, it's very important to be aware of our emotions and how like we're feeling in the moment. So if we're triggered, there's, there's always like discussion and like, let's go through it. Like, let's see what's going on really, you know, like, and so by doing that as, you know, an, a habit, almost, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> my kids, they know if they trigger, if they're triggered, like, we're going to talk about it. So if there's something coming up, and they want to self suit with food, um, it's just a matter of like, putting awareness into it, and like understanding what's beneath it, you know, and so it's just like to allow them to be able to speak about it. So you want to feel what like my my stepdaughter the other day? It's not as like drastic. It was like throwing up after eating, but um, you know she's here six months of the year, and then she goes with her mother six months of the year. And so it's been a while since she hasn't really like seen her mother. And then she started to want to eat that Mickey D's because she associate that restaurant with her mother. Yeah, with her mother, and so she was craving those. Uh, make nugget or whatever you know and so I was like all right let's sit you want that for what let's let's understand right you can go after like if you choose to go after and and take your money and eat make it ease that's perfect all right but just let let's do that in awareness so could and then just like trying to guide her because I knew it was because of that and so I was like all right so you can go ahead and eat that. And also, you can just call your mother mm-hmm. <laughs> and have a chat with her and tell her that you misses. You, you just miss her. It doesn't like it's not such a big deal to just express that, you know. And you're gonna feel better, and she's gonna send you some love, you know. Even though she's not with you and she's not gonna argue, like it's you can still feel that she's she cannot wait to see you. She's she's like she misses you as well, you know. And so she actually went to eat that and then she called her mother and it felt like something that was like balance a little bit more, you know, she wasn't just like taking everything into Mm. Mickey D's, you know, because she understood that she was just in need of like mother and I'm not her mother. So it's not the same thing, you know, like it's, it's just not, um, so she really needed to to have that. So it's just a matter of understanding where it comes from. And then after that, if you choose to act on it as like it's you're just not going to have the same relationship with it. Right? You're, you're not you're not going to stuff your face as much when you know that there's a deep need of like mothering love, you know, like being cuddled right. up with her mother with like blankets and like watching a movie together, you know, mm-hmm. so that that's what she wanted, you know? And so it's like, you know, so it, it's always a matter of like talking about it and not like getting the brain to go to those associations. So if I eat, make it eat, I'm gonna feel better. And so when you break that circuit in your brain <laughs> to just like rewire it to something else. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to eat Meccity because I, I miss my mother. So whether I choose that or not, I can have like I can take an action to just like switch lane right now and just to call her. And so so yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like I, I think you and I talked about this before when I was talking about my food issues. There was a time in my life where I was miserable in at home. And that's when I decided on my way home, I would stop by Burger King and get a Whopper and yes. a fries and I would yes. get more than one and I would eat all that stuff on the road. And then I would stop and I'd throw this evidence away. Right. And then, cause I just needed to be more grounded in my, in my yeah. life. And then I had another time where I was, being separated from a child that I loved and I just craved that hug and that sweetness. So I stopped every day when I had to drop her off, I stopped at um, Dunkin' Donuts and got mm-hmm. more than one donut and we'd yeah. eat it on the way home and throw the evidence away. Yes. And it was like, once I got into becoming a, a health coach and stuff, that's when I started recognizing mm-hmm. that when I was, going down this little rabbit hole of wanting certain things that I could correlate it back to what I was thinking and what I Mm -hmm. was needing. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I never had anybody in my life that was dealing with those things Mm -hmm. because I think I was the only one, or I thought I was the only one, you know, it may be that there were other people, but nobody talked about it. It Yeah, And so the, the thing that I love about having these kinds of discussions is that the people to realize that not only is it not taboo, it's good mm. to talk about because when yeah. you do, you can come to a realization like you did with your stepdaughter of this is why I'm choosing to do this. And what would I do in place of it if I chose to and recognizing that you still have a choice, you can choose to go ahead and get that hug, call your mom or, you know, anything like I could have picked up the phone and called somebody or done different things. But I didn't know that there was another way to deal with those things. That's what I love about these conversations. and, and, And it's And it opens things up in me too, because Mm -hmm. no matter if you've ever dealt with these kinds of things, they, they still show up, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and it's like, now I have the ability to say, well, wait a minute. Um, I'm wanting to order this huge ice cream thing and pay an astronomical amount to have it delivered to my house and tip them and everything. And the thing's only five dollars, but once I pay all these things, this thing's gonna cost me 20. And why am I wanting this shit? You know, and I had I had a time of a couple of months ago. It was like I was sitting and I was thinking, oh, I would love some ice cream. And I got on the app. And I wasn't even thinking I got on the app, put it in the order and everything. And I started looking at. I thought, okay, why am I wanting this? Why am I willing to pay $20 for this little two scoop cup of ice cream? You know, and I thought, well, this is crazy. What is it? And I decided, OK, I canceled the order and decided to meditate and breathe and get yeah. into me and figure out what it was that was going to fill that void that I was wanting that ice cream to fill. Yeah, I think things have gotten so accessible that it's really yes. easy to have that thing come to you. You know, yes, See, exactly. I don't even have to get out now and go get it. But that <laughs> cost was what made me think, well, wait a minute, this is stupid. So <laughs> what is it that in me right now is needing this? So it's yes. it's now being able to have that conversation with me.
1: Yeah, it's all about that. It's all about like being aware of like the the true experience in the moment, you know, and by being aware, that's where you can actually have power because you're in like the present moment. You're not like going to order that because back then you felt like that and then you want to try to just like revive like that you want to just like go again into that feeling because we love that so much our brain loves that so much you know mm-hmm. and so to be aware and to be able to just like cut the chase and then instead of just like going through the same way that we're used to it's just like a matter of like shifting just a little bit and that by doing that you you create change and you create like something new that feel more aligned with who you are and you know, and then you can breathe for real, you know, you you're yeah. not like even know to, who you
0: are. That's yes, a big exactly. thing. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because food can become an addiction really oh, fast big time.
0: It's yes. like I was I was sharing this this morning with someone that they've done these studies where they took and when you eat sugar and they yeah. look at the brain. The mm-hmm. same receptors light up mm-hmm. that a person that's done heroin, those yes. same receptors light up, and yeah, it becomes that. that same kind of high euphoric addiction. Yeah, and um, I've got this workshop coming up, um, at the end of the month, and it's called Sweet Deception. It's about sugar. Nice. I don't know if you've seen my post about it, and I everything. love that, but. One of the things I talk about in there is the polarity of food. So it's like night and day, salt and sweet. Yes, and yes. so there's all these different things that are going on in us. And if we're craving one thing, it's because there's something that's missed. And so yes. now it's learning how to recognize in your craving yeah. what that means about what you're needing to feel. And it's because yes. they, it doesn't, they don't correlate in the same way. So sometimes you're wanting something sweet, but it's not necessarily that sweetness is missing in your life. It's there's something else. Um, yes. And so I, I talk about those kinds of things in this um, masterclass that I'm doing. That is cool, And um, so it's, it's really cool when you can see what's happening and have some knowledge about, well, let me think about this in a different way. And yes. most of us are blindly going through, you know, and, and let's face mm-hmm. it, the food industry has become, well, it hasn't become in the beginning. It always has been this way, but it's even more exponentially this way. They know what, like you said about the commercials, they know yes. exactly how to yes. trigger us to eat, <laughs> the things to say, the pictures they have, and the, um, and then the amount of sugar <gasps> and all in the food really hijacks your whole body and makes you crave it more, just like the heroin, you know, you get rid of sugar. What's, what's going to happen is your body starts, you know, telling you, okay, okay, you got to have some more sugar and it's, you start craving all these things. And so I love Mm -hmm. that even though your kids have had these moments where they've overindulged in something, (laughs) I don't think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they're, Um, their system has become hijacked, like most of us to have this polarity of food pulling at us and draining us all the time.
1: Yeah, it's it's quite different to actually be there for them. And it's a learning curve as me. I mean, like, I needed to do that for myself as well, you know, because I was raised like you, you know, I was raised in like, school system, you eat when you when the bell when rings we ding, tell ding, ding. you yeah when we tell you to eat, <laughs> you, eat you know <laughs> yes exactly and and then for me too food became an addiction of like something that I needed to have to suit myself because I was feeling lost and no adult in my life were able to listen to what was going on and so my mother wasn't really caring or nurturing with me and so I needed to have that that sweet thing you know and I went I went at it to respond to my need with food, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was exactly like that too, like going and and binging stuff and just like trying to hide all of the evidence. And then when you're doing that as a kid, you don't want to get caught. Like there's like a big... um, Guilt. I don't know. Yeah, the guilt trip is like huge because you don't want to be like... I don't know like cut by your parents and then they're like they're going to ground you or something like it's <laughs> it's no good you know it's like shit like there's no like issue. life or death at some yes, points, exactly. right Yes exactly yes exactly and so it's it's just not fun so I needed to to heal that for myself and to to just like reconciliate my relationship with food and I feel like my kids are always like they're always like the beacon you know (laughs) like every time I need to go through something like they're just there (laughs) showing me the way you know that's right that's right (laughs) so take that as um to say yes to that it brings my parenting to another level where I'm not like their I'm not just their parent I'm also um their their student (laughs) yeah you know I can like there's there's a relationship that is building Um, where it's not like you do, as I say, because this is it, you know? And so by building this relationship, I feel like they feel, uh, supported and nurtured in a way that they don't need to go with the food. So their relationship with food is is quite different from the one that I used to have with food, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. So I will, um, I will ask you, um, What is there? Is there something that maybe I haven't asked a question or there's something that's as we've been talking that's popped in your mind that you kind of want to get off your chest or you want to share with people that they might gain something from? Is there something in particular that's coming up for you that you would want to share?
1: Yeah, there was something about addiction, because as I just said, like uh, food can become addiction really quickly because we're trying to nurture um stuff or we want to fill that void or we want to escape our reality you know and there's like I feel like every human can like are addicted to some kind of thing you know mm-hmm. and with food it can be tricky because we need it yeah you can't we, we just need stop it. eating <laughs> so, yeah exactly you, you can stop heroin, like you can stop yeah. weed you can stop drinking alcohol or whatever you know but to stop eating it's like it's tricky so it it really needs a lot of awareness because it's not something we can escape (laughs) right it's something we need to understand and to learn how we are and who we are and what's our relationship with the food and how can we not pass this on to our kids like you know like to just like move with them and not let them have all of our trauma because we're not able to deal with it so just like right. but it's it's like this addiction it's a tricky one <laughs> I agree it's, I agree yeah it's just a matter of like being more aware and to just like understand that when you're trying to put something in your mouth just understand where it comes from mm-hmm. is it because you're hungry or is it because you crave something or is it because you're sad or is it because you would love to have like A man that loves you, you know, like Mm -hmm. why is it? And then address that before you eat that. And probably you won't need to eat that after. Maybe you will, but if you are, just don't punish yourself with it, you know, just like, just surrender to the fact that you're you understand it and you might need it still at this moment and just like release that. And then when it comes up again, like at one point, you won't need it.
0: That's it, you know?
1: Yeah. But just to be aware of why you're, you're putting that thing in your mouth. Perfect advice. One of the things that I
0: I tell my clients a lot of times, well, let me, let me say about the addiction thing is that nobody in their right mind would tell a heroin addict, well, you know, you can only have this much you know, yes. yeah, just do this much. And then you wait. And then a little bit later, you can no. have this much. So um, it's like crazy. And that's why I absolutely. And I don't, I'll step on some toes when I say this, but I hate the dieting advice that says you graze all day long. You mm. eat you know, you eat three meals and then you have these many snacks and, and they tell you all these parameters and maybe that works for them. Maybe Mm -hmm. that works for some people. And I think the reason the diet industry is so big is because there are so many different people in the arena telling you what worked for them Mm -hmm. and they make it out. Like that's going to work for everybody. Not true, Um, true. but, uh, and I totally lost my train of thought of what I was going to tell you.
1: (laughs) Uh, we were talking about addiction. Uh, Okay. Oh, I know when when it
0: comes to my clients, (laughs) one of the things that I tell them is sometimes, you know, that one of the things is sometimes where we think we're hungry and it's just, we're a little dehydrated, right? Yes. So I tell them if they weren't aware till just suddenly that they were wanting something and it's not an emotional thing to drink some water,
1: Mm -hmm. wait 20
0: minutes. And if in 20 minutes they still desperately want that thing, go ahead and eat it. But well, that puts you in the driver's seat of going yes. through and analyzing, you know, or not analyzing, but visiting yourself and saying, yes, you know, why is it that I'm doing this? And so you can make a conscious decision. Yeah. Because when we really get in trouble is when we're unconsciously doing
1: all these behaviors. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I feel exactly like that. I mean, if it, when you don't know you're doing something that is bad for you, like, yeah, (laughs) just keep on doing it, you know? That's right. You don't know. Like, and I have some empathy for yourself. I mean, like, it's, it's okay not to know, but it's okay also to just like step up and, and just like understand there is a, there is a problem there. Right. That we can, you can address that. You don't have to stay in that non-awareness state you can actually step up, you know, but have like some empathy for the the person in you that didn't know it's okay, you know? Right. Yeah, we're all we're not almighty, you know, <laughs> like yeah, we're all yeah. humans. It's <laughs> a good thing
0: we're not because right hey, life would be pretty damn boring then, right?
1: I know, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I was on a podcast earlier and she asked me a couple of questions. And one of the things that um I told her was that the reason that it's important to have people like us in their lives is because we don't know what we don't know, which is kind of what you were just saying. Exactly. Yes. And so a lot of times we may think we know what we're supposed to do, but we can't seem to find the the uh, the strength within us to make different decisions. And that's yeah. why it's so good to have like, you're an Ayurvedic coach and a a life coach as well. Am I remembering right? Okay. Yes. And then me, I'm a health and I'm a life coach. And so a lot of times it's like, you can't see your own shit, you know? You just see the results of it Yeah. and not necessarily how you got there. And so it takes somebody from the outside looking up above and saying, hey, you know, this is really important if you will change this thing or you'll change this or you'll tweak this. Let's just be aware then it's like mind boggling what difference they can make in their lives. Because, you know, it's great to figure, try to figure things out on your own, but it's a longer process. Yes. Um, I, uh, like I said, I will not even share. Well, I don't guess it matters. I'm 64. And the first time I went on a diet, I was in the third grade. Yeah. If that tells you how long it's been something in my life. And I've been a, A health and life coach now, I guess about five years. And I still struggled in the beginning of that process too, because you know, for sure, it's not an overnight thing. You know, it's it's a 1% change. If you can create a 1% change in your life, then you know, exponentially over a little bit of time, you're gonna see some amazing results. Exactly. And that's where we come in,
1: right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly, we're like the the little mirror you guys need to yes, yes, <laughs> to just really see another part of yourself, and because we're seeing ourselves with some glasses on, and people that are seeing you, they're seeing you with other glasses, mm-hmm. <laughs> new glasses. Yes, that's right.
0: Seeing it from a different perspective and exactly. being able to hover above and say don't go to the right, go to the left, you know, stop, you'll get there if you go to the right, but it's going to take you years, you know?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, this has been um, an amazing conversation as always. I love talking to you.
1: Same. (laughs)
0: even if I had to stop and start in the beginning, you know, it, it's all good. It's all, it's all right. good. It's, all yeah, good. Yeah.
1: it's amazing. But
0: thank you again for being here and sharing your wisdom. And <laughs> I'm hoping that a lot of people that maybe are new parents or they mm. haven't even become parents yet can, you know, it, it can be extreme and they not, may not want to adapt all the things or adopt all the things that you do, but it's yeah. like putting it in their mind. That, oh my God. I can decide how I want to raise my child. I do not have to go with what everybody else says. And I love that you open that possibility up for people. And so I hope that people that watch have learned enough to know that if they want to start a generation of people that are not all the time Mm. in their heads about food and mm-hmm. it just be a natural process of eating to thrive and to live. Yeah. You know, it's possible. Yes, it is. Everybody else, we have to correct, you know, <laughs> but let's start it out is. in a good way.
1: But it's, yeah, it's so true. It's so cool to be able to start that with kids, you know, whether you're going to school or whether you're not like, it doesn't matter, but the food thing, like we all need it and we all need to address that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Thank you for sharing that. And I will leave everybody with this little phrase that I have started to adopt and I love it. (laughs) The best way to predict the future is create it. So what are you creating, right? I love that. Amazing. (laughs) All right. So do you have anything you want to say at the end of this amazing episode?
1: Uh, What do I want to say other than that? Yeah, I mean... Just the thing that I repeat myself often these days, it's just like it's not that serious. Yeah. you know it's just not that serious let's just play with it you know like it's when we take ourselves so seriously it's just like it's so hard you know we want to try so hard and we want to control everything it's just like just let it go and just surrender to the experience and just trust in the process that it's it's gonna be okay and not to think of it like it's so serious and like it's a, a matter of life or death you know definitely, <laughs> that definitely. would be the way I want to yeah I want to finish on that
0: <laughs> okay cool so I'll I'll say it again. The best way to predict the future is create it. So let's create something good. Yes.
1: Amazing.